The following is a special presentation of Michiana Community News. Welcome to season two of Racing Memories with Ron Varish, the guru of the Michiana racing scene. Join us this season for more classic Facebook interviews from Ron with various drivers, both past and present. Now, Ron Varish. Okay, hey, we're here at the Bristol Street Cafe, a January uh, Saturday afternoon, and we got some old timers on the house here with us. One of us is a Hall of Famer, and uh, actually, you're bumming along for the ride here. You are Tom Davies, and you're from Elkhart, Indiana. Yep. yep. And you got into the Hall of Fame four years ago. Something like I'm that. Testing my memory here. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you're you're the one bumming along, and you are. Yeah, I'm Jeff Engelmeyer. And you got a famous name, Engelmeyer, there, especially uh, down at what's going on in New Paris. Right? Oh yeah, my sister and brother-in-law. Yep. They're uh, in an endeavor to take over the New Paris Speedway. So, uh, so yeah, they're getting, they're getting ready to have fun. Yeah, they were at the last show we did, and they had a lot of fun talking about it and stuff, and a lot of enthusiasm, and, uh, you know, they haven't, uh, they've been getting their feet wet out there doing some different things, but, well, this will be the real test here coming up in about three more months. So, oh, yeah, this will be the, this will be the, their, their maiden, fun. Maiden voyage maiden here. voyage, yeah. There you go. And we got Tom Davies here with us, and, you know, you started racing back. You actually think you went into drag racing first. Yeah, I started out drag racing, uh, moved up here from Ohio, and I was 15, and I went and watched the races at New Paris, and I knew my dad wouldn't sign for me to run. It wasn't going to happen. So somebody told me. Now, you but, had to be a certain age to race back in that time yeah, frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you had to be a male. I think no, no females were in the pits at that time. Oh, either, yeah, it was. So it was yeah. a little bit different time yeah. from there. And somebody told me if I had a valid driver's license, I'd go to OCO and I could race. And I'd go over there and run, and, and you know, you put the numbers on the windows with, you know, mm -hmm. cue polish and stuff. And uh, I'd about get home and I'd have to pull on a car wash and wash that crap off so my dad wouldn't say it. <laughs> and then I went to work in 73 at Lock Monday Motors. I worked under Burt Lovely and, and I worked there a week I think and uh, they had a hobby stock. Bobby Lee Parker drove it and I went with them one night to South Bend. In fact I hauled their car over there on my hauler and we was getting ready to leave and Bobby said maybe we'll pick my money up. I says pick your money up? I said, how do you wreck the thing in a heat race? He said, well, you get toll money. I said, you get paid? Mm -hmm. You get paid for, you know? He said, yeah. So that kind of gave me the bug to switch over. <laughs> well, you, you make know. some money doing this, right? Yeah, and I, I wasn't making any money drag racing, and my kids was real little and everything. I, you know, I just couldn't hardly do it. So Bert put me in a car, his wife's rambler. He knocked the windows out of it and put me in it. And I won a heat race like two, three weeks, you know, from doing it. And that kind of hooked me from right there, you know. And uh, then I just kind of took off from there, you know, and, and uh, I didn't know anything about going around a corner. I was a drag racer, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I picked up a few things from the other guys, you know, and, and uh, one name that sticks in my mind was Joe, Joe Smith. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, he, it was obvious he didn't have a lot of money either. And he had the old station wagon. Oh, yeah. I think All before things. that he had a yellow, he had a yellow and black old before that. Yeah. I mean, this guy goes through the corner like you wouldn't believe. You know, on so street tires. I need on street tires, so I need to learn something, and it took me a little while. I kind of caught on, you know, but uh, Montville was kind of my best place. You know, I could I could go good there. I mean, I like running the bottom, and I could I could run pretty good. I, if I did anything, that was the best I ever did. Was you know Montville. And when you did the Roadrunner class, yeah, that's Coyote, I, was, I mean, you had right. Moose Miller. Oh yeah, Tommy Dameron. 
Brian Ross. Right. I mean, you had some players in that, oh, yeah. and that were some tough competition. Dean oh, yeah. Spiker had the javelin, of all things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Joel, of course. Oh, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. You know, a majority of these guys would outrun me at New Paris and definitely Plymouth, because Plymouth was more of a horsepower track. Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, I didn't have no money, but I just got to where I just, I loved doing it so bad. I'm, I'm not going to mm-hmm. give up at anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I... I just kept working at it, working at it, and uh, I think in, in '80, in '80 I won the championship, and uh, and I won the 50 lap race at the end. And you ran late models that year too. Yeah, I ran. A little, dabbled a little bit there too with. Yeah, I always there. felt when you drove a car with big tires, you were driving a race car. You know, mm-hmm. when you're driving a Roadrunner or a street stock, you know, it's like, well, whatever. <laughs> but I, I really couldn't afford to do anything else but street stock. But I ran late models, and you know, mm-hmm. see you, Bill. I ran late models and, and stuff and, and hobby stock and I ran supers and then I ran sprint cars. Sprint cars is my favorite. And you were one year you ran a champ car. Yeah. You ran an all star and you ran with the world of all loss. Yeah. I mean, not too many guys can say they even did that in a career, much less yeah. in one season. Yeah. One of the times that sticks in my mind, there's quite a few of them, but I remember I, I bought a uh, I bought a chassis from uh, can't think of his name right offhand. And uh, I went over to Doug Hanna's and I told Doug, I said, you still got that body laying out back all covered with snow off that car you had with the radiator in the back? And he said, yeah, why? I says, can I have it? He said, yeah. He went out and helped me dig it out. And I strapped it on that frame and uh, the wife, the two little kids, in fact, Lori, Lori, there was teeth mark on the dash, but Lori would bite on the dash driving down there. $500 in my pocket, went to New Smyrna and ran that thing five nights. Mm-hmm. You know, that was kind of a neat thing. Eight flat tires on the way down there. <laughs> we had, we had, you know, and then when we got down there, we had 180 headers on a big block, and we had to run with Gary Palou and all them guys, all them heavy hitters. And from all around the country. All around Deacon's the country. Trickle, all around the country. Eddie Sucker. You know, about the second time I'd get lapped in the feature, I'd better put this thing in the infield before I get run over, you know. And it, it was a lot of fun. I've had this, I've had a blast. I've, I've enjoyed it for years and years. And you something know. else you did about 1980, start racing super modifieds with South Bend. They kind of had that rebirth with yeah, they Mike did. Bird and Ozzy. Yeah, they did. And, that was, and you had a lot of old timers. Oh, yeah. They were, you know, kind of like the heroes. I mean, I remember the, the first time I went over there, it was one of mm-hmm. Ernie's old cars. And, and I think Tom Jewell was right, started right around in there, too second third row or whatever i cannot believe when that green flag dropped i mean it was nothing but tires nothing but slicks nothing but tires you know i won i won i won two or three heat races you know but that was about it you know Mm -hmm. i never did anything in any features or anything to speak of you know but I, I liked them. I really liked them. Because you got to see Buck Cravens again. Oh, I, of it. You know, oh yeah. Because see, I was Ozzie, and he was still coming late. No matter yeah. what he was doing, he was coming yeah. in late. Yeah, I remember Ozzie you know? because I had a heat race one one night. John Witter was on the outside of me. John will like this. John was on the outside of me, and me and Witter was running neck to neck. He was driving Walt May's car. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. and I think that time I hadn't won a heat race yet. White flag lap. Ozzie passes both of us going down the infield into the. <laughs> Yeah, he dropped down the infield, drove through the dirt, and run up. Yeah, I remember that. I think me and Witter got second or third or something, but that was cool. Now, number six. You were always number six with the street I'll tell you stops. how number six came about. There was a guy that... Well, he's all warmed up now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah there, was, <laughs> there was a guy named Larry Moyer from Fort Wayne. Tom, you probably remember that, him. Yep. 
And uh, he came in there. He had three cars. He had a late model, a Roadrunner. He had that big trailer. He had a big old semi. Trailer to right, pull right. Then. And he had three cars, and his number was number one. You know, and I knew I couldn't have three, but I wanted to have two. I could, I could, I could win in the street stock, and I could place in the other car, and that way I could afford to run both of them. And I went to Jake, and I said, Jake, you, I want this is what I want to do. I said, but I want the same number on them. And Jake looked through, and he says, how's number six sound? <laughs> and that's how number six, that's how I got that number. LB. Yeah, and I, I ran that for, I ran that for years. And then you went to 44 with the sprint car. Yeah, how that came about is I, I bought a sprint car frame from a friend. Uh, oh, it wasn't a friend at the time. I didn't even know him, but I bought that frame. And uh, he said, you got a wing? And I said, no. Nope. He says, well, I got one up on top of the trailer. got 44 on it. <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah, that'd be cool. So, you know, that's how 44, That's I've ran that for 30 years, you know. And going into the dirt sprint cars, oh, yeah. I mean, you had to do some traveling now. Now you're running Butler, you know, because yeah. there was really nowhere else really you could right. go with it. Cause, right, right. You know, that Heyman Super Modified I, I started out War, I started out in Warsaw. I really, I really had a hard time adapting from dirt or from pavement to dirt. I mean, that was a different animal, you know, especially in a sprint car. But, I, you know. My God, Fred Sibley's in the house. Yeah. Yep, rocket man's here. Goodness gracious. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I've done all right. I've had a good time, you know. I've crashed a couple times pretty hard, but I've had a, I've had a lot of fun. But now you're kind of dabbling with that MTS series, Michigan yeah. Traditional Sprints, which is yeah. wingless, and it's trying to keep the cost down. Trying to keep, you know, kind of yeah, a harder tire. Real good bunch of guys own that. I mean, Irwin's are good people, and, and, and yeah, and the tracks are the tracks are kind of slick. You know, they're not, they ain't got a lot of clay in them, you know, to you keep yourself out of trouble, you know, mm -hmm. and they're good people. And I like running with them. You know, so you, get, you kind of get close to Hartford, but right. then you got tracks like Goldendale, right. which are oh, yeah. the thumb in Michigan. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Way up there for oh, yeah. It's, it's a lot of traveling. You know, then, then a couple of years ago, a good friend of mine, Jeff, we, we met down the road here at Penguin Point, and we just got talking, and he said, you know, I want to come watch your race. And I said, no, 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 you don't want to come watch me race. <laughs> Because I ain't got no equipment, and I took him and his dad with me to come watch me run, and, and he's helped me out the last two years. I mean, it'd be like a, it's like a dream. It's like a dream that never come true with the equipment that he's helped me with. I feel a little bad about being as old as I am. I, I don't give him a fair shake, you know. Mm -hmm. But I do enough other stuff that he gets a kick out of it, just laughing and carrying on. And of course, the wrecking ain't no fun, but you know, good friend. How's it traveling with this rascal here? <laughs> A lot of times I just let him and him and T take the race car and I follow, I go up later in my truck. Yeah, yeah. So because this guy's just known for you know, the mans keep telling me, Well what kind of stories you got this week or what went wrong this week? Did the brake fall off? Did the rotor fall off? Did something with the trailer had to fail? No, nothing happened. Something's wrong. They said something's wrong because Tom's always gotta have some failure. Hitch fell off the truck. You know. I remember one night at Sandusky, it was 85 April, first show of the year, super modifieds and uh, super lates. And he pulls in late. I'm not sure what how he got there late, but he got there late. And so he's on the track qualifying and it's starting to smoke a little bit. About the second lap, it just launched the motor. And I probably <laughs> set him back probably a few months though, because that was your south no, end car no. basically. Well, I'm going to tell you a little story about that. You're exactly right. 
I worked a lock Monday then and I was coming home from work one that, that was a sand dusky and I blew it up big time well I wanted to go to Oswego New York and run I mean of all places not to go would be that place well, Os- or uh, Willie Sussman that was that, that yeah, was his right, dream right right that was his well, this was before Willie did it mm-hmm. and uh, I was on my my way home from work and I stopped by Fred Sibley's place and I said Fred you got any big blocks laying around here you know and he had an old 400 or 427 or something Stock cam, stocked everything. I put 100 pill on the injection and put the injection on it and drove out there and qualified that thing. Two consecutive laps, three seconds slower than the slowest lap. <laughs> Got my name in the book. I was on the radio and all kinds of crazy stuff. Can you believe that? Now, there was a guy that was in the stands behind me, and when you were pulling in, it was about 7 o'clock, and he's like, another close trailer pulled in. You know, so everybody's, you know, because there was yeah. 21 Supers right. that night. Yeah. Aethan was there from Texas. Yeah. Joya was there and some other names and stuff and he said it's painted blue though it's a blue trailer he's like i never seen a trailer like this before and i'm i got that trailer from ron Cor. Like, i got that from oh, ron Cor. I, I, oh my god this is tom davies road and you know I said, he's from edwardsburg michigan it's a south bend car right. singletary was there that night with the nine car right i said it's a south bend car so it's not going to be juked yep. up like these other yep. guys and stuff and then right. he brought it out you know and then they're you know looking at that car going, yeah. what year is that car it looks like an old 70s car is it yep. pretty yep. much is a 70s style car you and know, i had two guys with me at oswego and, and they were talking on the loudspeaker and everything and my buddies both got in the truck and closed the door and they didn't want to hear it because they were so embarrassed at the slow time i said hey how many other people come here and do this i said don't be embarrassed about it i says after we get done here we're going to load up and go home but you know that's what we did but you get Six, your name as in there for car points yeah yeah now did you have any favorite drivers going through the years competing against or you know oh gosh i I mean, you, you got such a plethora of um, oh, I mean, <laughs> years here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ernie Nash was probably one of the first ones I had met through racing at New Paris, you know. And we got kind of parked together and everything. But, I mean, I mean, the list goes on from there. I mean, Tom Buell, uh, Doug Hanna, uh, I mean, just Denny Nari. I mean, them guys have all been great to me over the years. I mean, they've, mm-hmm. they've offered me a used tire or whatever. They always kind of understood how I raced, and they always went along with it, and they helped me. And if it wasn't been for them guys, I mean, there's so many of them, I can't even begin to even tell you mm-hmm. that, you know, I wouldn't have been able to, I'd still be racing the streets, Doc, is what I'd be doing. I wouldn't have been able to do the stuff I've done. And I've had a lot of help with uh, the sprint car portion of it, too. You know, I got Bruce Hogue down in Akron that does my motors and helps me. Mm-hmm. He's been over backwards for me. I mean, you know, because he knows I don't have a lot of money. You know, and he's just helped me tremendously. He's one of the old holdovers from Warsaw. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, oh, yeah. Just, you know, great guy, great people. Him and his boy run an engine shop down in Akron. I mean, there's just, there's so many of them, I just can't think of all of them right offhand, Mm -hmm. you know. But uh, I'm just, uh, you know, and the, the last ordeal would be, Thanking all my friends and, and you know my family, my kids, you know, and and Jeff Engelmeyer, my friend, you know, and Terry Robinson, my my friend that I've known for a long time for all the texting and talking we've done because when I got hurt, I mean I had this concussion was so bad I was dizzy all the time and I figured I was going to have to live with it. I really did, you know, and my I was just beat up bad, beat up bad. And then that night there, I mean we were talking earlier about it. That was just kind of an odd night. Free to just venture away from the MTS yes. series or yep. Butler, you know. Exactly. And, it was an odd night, you know, and mm-hmm. and I had 
Now, that was my car, and I mean, it, you know, what kind of helped me get going faster in that car was, is I was driving Jeff's car, and I got driving harder. Mm-hmm. And that's what got me in trouble that night. It was totally something I did, but I was I was around the cushion way too hard, you know. And there was a 34 car in front of me, and I was trying to pass him, and I was going for it, mm-hmm. you know. And without the wing, there's less cushion. Oh yeah, and that's and another thing. Right that's another thing gauge. too. I, I've had some mm-hmm. bad wrecks. This is my second one I've had. I had one in 21 years ago. I had a bad one too. And I love running non-wing. It puts more of the it's more of a driver deal than it is a money deal. Mm-hmm. That's my. I've always liked that. That's what's kept Central Indiana alive with sprint cars. Right. Pretty much what Kokomo and Putnam oh, Hills oh, down absolutely. and Lincoln Park. I, I got a lot of friends in Kokomo mm-hmm. and Cass City. And, of course, the majority of them, you know, now they got their kids running, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's all part of it. If we didn't have the young guys coming along, I mean, it, it racing would be gone. Right. We wouldn't even be sitting here talking about anything, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But, uh, yeah. But like I said, I've, I've had a lot of fun, and I really appreciate what you're doing here. I mean, this is keeping it keeping it alive for, for, us, for us older guys, you know, all aspects of racing. You know, we appreciate that. Right? And it was cool, too. Got in the Hall of Fame. Oh, Saved yeah. four or five years ago yeah, there. thanks to you. That was, kind of a very, very big was, surprise there. That was a surprise. That was a surprise, you know. I mean, I've had other things happen, but, I mean, that was probably one of the biggest because, I mean, having that, have that mantle, have that on your mantle, you know, it's, it's way different than winning a race or, or, or anything. I mean, that's a special thing you carry with you. I mean, obviously, you know. the first people always getting in are the, the ones that win the multi-championships. And oh, the exactly, exactly. And, and, and like I said but, earlier. You know, hey, when you looked at your list, holy smokes, five yeah. decades of racing. Yeah, I won, I won one A feature in a sprint car. I won, mm-hmm. I won nine of them in a street stock in 90. But I won one A feature in 30 years of racing a sprint car. And that was mm-hmm. at Bunker Hill. And there was a bunch of slow cars showed up, and it was advertised four hundred dollars to win. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there was some good. There was a few good cars there. I mean, they weren't real big names, but they was good cars. Mm-hmm. But I knew where the holes were at, and I missed all of them. And I won that race that night, and I went up to get my payoff. I got a hundred bucks. <laughs> and the one, the guy's wife says, "You know what? If the guy behind you would have won it." He said he'd have got 400, but being it was you, you got 100. Hmm. And I thought, you know, so I was just glad I won it. Got a trophy and everything, you know. They gave me a hundred dollars for one dollar bills. <laughs> and we were, and we were. This is a true story. And we were pulling out of there, and I, my my boy, who goes everywhere with me. He's riding with me, and I said, Tom, I says, kind of hang on a little bit, buddy. And he said, What are you talking about, Dad? Let's just hang on. I went out the gate. And I turned the trailer real sharp to the left and tore out about 13, 14 feet of fence on the way out. I said, there you go, buddy. There's our 300 bucks right there. <laughs> Mom, Dad, you can't do that. Well, we already did it. We're going home. So I got, I got $100 that night. But that was a big thing, you know, to win a feature. I mean, you know, I've done it in stock cars, but not, not in that caliber of deal, you know. And... Uh, and I won some B mains and heat races at Butler, but that's that's pretty well the extent of it, you know. And uh, I won a race at MTS here about in 2013. I won a heat race, but I got docked three spots for jump starting. And I did. I jump started. They caught me. And you've seen know. such an evolution of racing. Really, from like say the early days of picking something out behind a garage and you piece stuff together from a junkyard, oh, yeah. and now everything's well, I, laying automotive you know, I, or you know, you know. I, I drove a tow truck my life, my whole life, because I enjoy I enjoy that type of work, 
and driving a tow truck is about work, like working at a gas station. You don't get big paychecks, you know. Mm-hmm. The time I come home and buy gr- little groceries, pay rent, pay my bills that I got to pay, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's it. Well, we got enough to get to the racetrack. So there ain't no money left to be buying parts. You guys scrounged it all. That's how what I did. And you're rolling into a track. I did that and you to see, everything And you I've see done. semi-trucks basically pulling in some other, someone you're racing against. Oh, yeah. Which is unbelievable. Oh, ten, it, ten, it is. Six or eight crew guys. It is. It is. You know, but new I, tires being put on after every event, yeah, you know, right. or even hot lap sessions. But, I, I mean, I can remember going to Florida, you know, a four or five-year stretch with a sprint car. I'd come back in. I didn't have to worry where I parked. There'd be a pile of tires there. <laughs> I can remember even one time going up there with a jug to buy alcohol, 10 gallons of alcohol. Hell, I could run a night on that mm-hmm. with the equipment I had, you know. <laughs> and I remember one time a guy came up. I can't think of his name, but his big team owner. He says, buddy, he said, come with me. And I said, I thought, hell, I've done something wrong or something. He said, here, he says, you know, I think he handed me 40 bucks. He said, here, just to take care of your fuel. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, man, you didn't have to do that. But, you know, I mean, I just... I don't want no handouts, but it just there's times I got it, you know, and it kept me going. Mm-hmm. It just kept me going. This uh, example of perseverance. It kept me going. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. whole my whole career's been that way, you know. And I have no regrets of it. But like I, and I like I, all the higher up teams. I mean, they're the ones that kept me going. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for them guys, I, I wouldn't been able to hardly do it. You know. you know, I mean, there's even some guys in the sprint cars now, Brackenberry. I mean, he's not the one that has the best right. of luck. Exactly. And him and his brother that's show right. up. That's right. And they may not be doing much, but they're still that's there trying it. That's right. You know? and, and there's nights that sometimes the car count will be down. I mean, you get guys, you know, heavy hitters blow up a couple motors, and, you know. Next thing you know, I mean, it's, you know, you, you limp mm-hmm. right into the show. You get the start money. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the start money in a lot of them races are, you know, pretty good money. Mm-hmm. You know, just for starting last, you know. And I've done a lot of that. I mean, getting paid for the back, back, you know, places you know, like El any place, these big places, you can pay good money to start, you know. I mean, even when you're thinking like Butler, I mean, the nights when we go up there, it's always a two-day show because we don't normally pull into South Bend until 3, 4 in the morning right. after some shows up there. And then you're doing it quite often, Brennan Butler. Right. Plus, when you do the MTS shows, you got the travel included. Oh, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. a lot of travel with the MTS. Nice there, too. A lot of travel with the MTS. And Jeff's got us an enclosed trailer this year. You know, and it's going to help us a little bit more, you know. And, a uh, place to hide, stay out of the sun, stuff. and you not have right. to worry about stuff getting stolen. You like know, I said, trailer, I mean, you know. him coming on board is just like... Oh my God! I don't even know what to. I don't even know how to say it. I mean, it's been great. We'll, we'll, you know? we'll book him for some questions here. Now, how is your racing? How did you get started into this? Uh, I've the always, I've always, I've sure always been around. You know, been at motorcycles and then snowmobiles and then, um, you know, Any when I was to Laverne or Walt. Well, no, when I was, well, when I was in high school. I was going to be a mechanic anyway, so I went to college. You know, I went to ITT. I got an associate's degree in auto diesel. So that's what I did for a part of my life. But, uh, you know, I, Verlin Chupp that, that had uh, competition engineering, I started working for him when I was in high school, probably in 84, mm-hmm. 84 to 86. And then I worked at K&K, and then I went to college, worked at Troyer Foods, and uh, then became a union plumber pipe fitter and worked for a mechanical contractor out of South Bend for 17 years and then went in business for myself but I've always been into boats and bikes and you know and I I did a lot of uh, uh, enduro racing 
um, not motocross. I was always enduros, hair scrambles, and dual sports. And then I ripped my knee out in 96, I think it was. So that kind of ended my uh, motorcycle racing career. So, or my side career. But, uh, so I was always around it. And I'd have been around sprint cars back in the 80s because, you know, we were running World Outlaws back then. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I was around the sprint cars back in the 80s. And then when he gets a, I get, was really I get the infancy to, of the World of yeah, Outlaws. They started right. in 1981 there. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I was I was trying to remember, you know, Hodden Child drove for us and then Blaney later on. And Blaney, I think, was about 88 when he started. I know I was already gone at that point. But uh, so I'd been around it, you know, seen how much money you could spend in it. I mean, <laughs> I remember us blowing three motors up in, you know, one weekend kind of thing so i knew it was costly but he starts talking about running a sprint car and i'd been around him so i had an envision of what he was doing and then then i then i get to envision what he's doing one night and i'm like you are so far behind the eight ball it's pathetic i says your shock package is junk your motors are done with i said you're running on you're running tires that we wouldn't even think about hot lapping you know so that's kind of where that all started from. So I'm like, I kind of started helping him out. And then we were, I'm like, man, your motor's so underpowered. We got to get this thing freshened. And we talked about, uh, we went to the motor shop and started talking about freshening it. And, uh, you know, the motor builder just looked at me and says, that motor of his is not even worth building. I won't even build it again. It's junk. It's junk. So I'm like, well, what's it going to take? And he starts talking and he said well we got a brand new fuel pump we got a you know we're gonna need a bigger injection system we do have a mag and and uh motor builder Total said makeover. yeah motor builder <laughs> says i said well, what can you do it for and he gave me a number and tom's standing there and the guy gives me a number and i wrote him a check and tom just about fell on the floor <laughs> so that's kind of how that all started yeah so that that was over two years ago so yeah yeah it's amazing, like you've seen the advent of the 410 motor, and right. then it steel was like steel everybody's moving. running 410, yeah. right. 360s. Oh God, that's for the that's for the slower cars. Now the 360s are more prominent. Other than the road of outlaws with the 410s, there's very right. a handful of tracks running 410s yet. Right. Everybody else is all 360. I mean, Michigan right. is almost pure 360. Now Sod's opened up the engine rule, mm-hmm. which is surprisingly that Sod has been so successful with their car counts. Yeah. But they got that harder tire, but right. you can run any kind of motor, and yeah. then you got the Great Lakes series. It's you know more of a you know the 360. Well, I can give you an owner's yeah. standpoint on that, which you always get racer standpoint. The owner's standpoint with them spending the money, I tell you, there's not much difference between building a 360 today, a top-notch 360, and a top-notch 410. You're going to pay almost the same amount of money. It just depends where you're going to go. But if you want a if you want a heavy hitter. You're you're gonna you know there's guys paying forty grand for a three sixty right now yeah. paying forty thousand dollars for a hot hitting three sixty well you can get a you can you can get a nine hundred horsepower four ten for that same money mm-hmm. so is the longevity of those two motors any different well I'm from my aspect point of it no they're if you're gonna loud pedal them they're not you're you're just I mean the three sixties they're cranking you know they're turning them about eighty six hundred. Maybe somebody's out there. Maybe they're turning them nine, but most of the time they're trying to turn them eighty-six hundred. Where our, you know, our four tens, we don't turn. We try not to turn our four ten that high. Now there's world outlaw guys. World outlaw, yeah, world outlaw guys. Those motors, 
They are. They are turning them that, but then they're junking five races. They're pulling them out. Yeah, they're hand grenades there. Right, right. So, I mean, it's all motor. These the kids are these kids driving these sprint cars a day. You know, they don't lift. It's not a lift game anymore. These things are. If if you got enough cushion with a wing car, then you're 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 ridge rimming these things wide open. You're just locking them down with the brake and the wing and suspension, and you're just driving them. And it's like and, Winchester with the sprint cars there. You know, yeah. they're just letting oh, off yeah. just a hair bit into the yep. corner, and they're right. gunning it all the way through. And yep. you know, just amazing. Sure. You know, it's like the Jeff Bloom when he was driving oh, yeah. qualifying. He's like, my God, that guy's on the gas all the way around. Right. Now it's like a lot of the pavement shows in Berlin and Kazoo. I mean, them guys are just like copying what Bloom was doing. Oh, it's yeah. like, my oh, God. Yeah. Oh, but, the, yeah. but the cost yeah. of it doing it locally is 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 it's crazy. I mean, it really is because even the local guys have gotten you know to that. Where even like when we were running at Butler, we had we had three to four teams there every night that had World Outlaw class engines in their cars. Mm -hmm. and I think the lowest horsepower rating on any of those cars was 872 dyno, you know. And, you know, we're coming in there with a motor that's only 830 on the horsepower range, you know. Mm -hmm. These guys already got us beat by 40, 50 horsepower. Um, and it's just, but you got to go from, it takes $20,000 to just jump to that next level. Yep. But we're still burning off the same $400 sets of tires every night that they are, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you want to stay up front, you got to put the tires on it. And, and Tom's got to drive it, not flip it. But, you know, he can burn the tires off of it. We can burn the tires off of it if he wants to. Once in a while, he's like, I ain't going to run it that hard because it's like mine. I don't want to burn these tires off. we got to make another race. So, but, yeah, I mean, it's if you want to stay up front, you've got to have a lot of sponsorship. There's just not not a single driver can hardly do this. You know, they, they get a couple family members or they gotta they got to take 50% of their paycheck to try to do that. I mean, it's just... It costs that much. Right. And a lot of times, Trek reps too going to be costly for you oh, if it's right. a dry slick versus a tacky. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, and, it's, yeah. and the weather's going to dictate a lot of that where they try to guess the weather and it's like, well, sure. it's going to be raining this week. We, we won't water the track down. And then you get there and it's a dust bowl. Yeah. And just. Yeah, you know, we were, you're we were looking down. at our car this year and he's like, you know, we're going from the wing back to going from a wing car back to a non wing car. So that means a total different shock package. So then I call up Bennick and say, hey, what can you build me a set of shocks for, you know? So we get a set of shocks. We get them on the car last week. Uh, I go down to Bennings the other day because we don't have any spare hubs. We're out of hubs. We're out of rim, front rims, you know, and I dig through what he's got down there in the used pile, and, you know, you walk out of there, and you, you, you got $400 less in your wallet, and you walk out of there, and you're buying used parts. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we got to have enough to start the season with, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's what you got to do. So guys are still... Buying used, trying to find used, try to put, you know, we do. I mean, we're not, we're not able to, you know, throw a hundred grand at it every year, you know. So, but uh, yeah, we pick up tires here and there when we can and when we need them, and and the rest of the stuff we try to find an axle here, and then we'll put a new spindle on one side and a used spindle on the other side, and so we got spares, you know. Something that's kind of hurt racing too is the lack of point funds. I remember oh, yeah, Kalamazoo right. used to have a thirty thousand dollar point fund for super oh, yeah. lates, get thirty a week. Yeah. You know, and other tracks would have and even with the Road of Outlaws with the T V contract they had in ASA, they had some multi contracts. Oh, yeah. right. And you know, some big point funds. And then you could run Butler, get twelfth in points, yeah. 
you know, and you'd be lucky to get your name mentioned. Right. You know, yeah. and that's really it. And it's like, my God, I was there still, you know, 16 out of the 24 weeks or 16 out of the 20 shows. Right. And there's really nothing to show for at the end of the kitty, you know, and that makes it pretty tough. Just, oh, yeah. you know, on sponsorships. Oh, yeah. Just ain't what they used to be either there. No. It's just, oh, that's right. um, that's trying right. to find somebody to sponsor. And it's like, I've heard this about that track, something about fights and late right. nights and oh, yeah. you know the other driver that I gave some money for he never showed up and yeah. you know the history of that oh, yeah. and it makes it pretty tough to yeah, it makes be it kind of hard for the guy right the honest guy trying to do it because them guys are the ones that's kind of tarnished it to work you know and I mean when he did they that want to help you quarter midget show at uh, Hoosier Tire they were double stacker haulers and there was like three cars that came out of that double digit hall. I thought, my God, they could have had 60 cars in there. And it was, yeah. uh, you know, a, a right. parent that was in the money, wanted Junior to race. And they had, I was like, I couldn't believe the haulers. I just looked at the haulers like, oh, my yeah. God, looks like an ASA race right here oh, going on. Yeah. And it was just a quarter midgets. And the kids were six to, you know, 12 oh, years old. old. Yeah. Unbelievable how that Unbelievable. was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Even at Butler, big rigs pulling in and stuff. I mean, it's all over now. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's all over. I mean, it's... Oh yeah, the change the the change of racing, you know. Oh yeah. Sometimes it's, oh, yeah. you know good for the sport, and other times yeah. things is kind of you know what I mean. You know, this kind of missed the, the old days. Thirty, forty mm. years ago, I mean, it was different for us older guys than what it is now. You know, mm-hmm. and then these younger guys come along, look at it, like think, man, what the heck were they thinking? Well, it's just <laughs> it's the way it works. It's all in cycles. You know, it's just like I put those pictures like of the old haulers up, the, the pickup truck, and the, the bus haulers. It's like, God, oh, what oh, a yeah. cool day back in the time. Now it's white right. and blue trailers right. and a pickup right. truck. Right. It was just so different from what sure. the old days sure. of, you know, the car sitting in front of the gas station right. on the corner, and you'd be like, oh, well, race day. Well, oh, you know man, what? they're going to be getting you ready to what, Ron, it, you, you know. You go to the bank today and borrow money. You can borrow money from the bank and buy a hauler and a big truck. <laughs> but you got to have, you got to make the payments, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it's different today. I mean, it's... You know, it's the way it is, you know. I mean, there's a lot of them that don't have that kind of money to do that. But that's kind of where it's at, you know. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you guys coming out here. I know you got an oh, engagement yeah. later on. Yeah, I got to Tom's got a banquet to go to to yeah. receive the uh, Hard Luck Award. <laughs> that's probably what's yeah. going to be there. I don't know if you do that or they bought me a gravesite or something down close by. Now explain. I, if I got, have no idea what I'm expecting. If you got a couple, explain those injuries that you had from that wreck. I mean, you landed on your head and... You know, oh, well, flipped it a couple times there. Yeah, and, well, I, you know, yeah. like I say, I've had them before, and I went in, it, it biked on me, and I went up on two wheels, and I knew I was carrying some speed, but I've had that before, and, you know, normally, I mean, you're hanging in there, or your shoulders are sore, or whatever, but this time was a little different. When it stopped, I'm looking straight ahead, because I kept coming in out of being conscious and unconscious. I looked straight ahead, and the radiator was right in front of me. <laughs> And I thought, oh, this ain't good. I figured the thing had broke apart and come apart, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I'd black back out, you know. And then then I remember him coming in with the jaws of life and cutting the steering shaft off and they're cutting the frame up. And they're asking me, you know, what hurt. I was having a hard time seeing because my eyes was, glasses were gone. My eyes were all swelling up shut. My left arm really was killing me. I mean, you know. But, you know, as... The biggest thing was was a concussion. I had a big, bad concussion. I mean, with my helmet off, my whole head was all black and blue. With the helmet, it was a good helmet, too, you know. Wait, they were to get the helmet off, though. Was yeah. That, well, pretty like painful I, doing that? Well, I don't remember that part because I was blacked <laughs> out. Blacked out. You know? And I remember him telling me they are going to drag me on a, a flat board and pull me out of the car. Then he got me out of the car. Then they were asking me questions and stuff, you know. But... By that time, I mean, I, I ain't right, but I'm kind of kidding around with them and stuff, and I don't even know what I'm saying, you know. 
Stevie Hogue was there, I guess, listening to it. He was telling me, you know, I didn't know, you know. Well, then, I don't remember anything. You know, I blacked out again. And then I remember hearing this thing start up. And I thought, man, what the heck is that? You know, and what was a helicopter? Mm-hmm. You know. And I, I always I remember two things in that helicopter. I don't even remember the ride. I remember two things. It sounded sick. <laughs> and I kind of got a little bit conscious, you know, and my boy, you know, he Tommy, you know, handicapped and stuff, mm-hmm. and it was just me and him. And I asked that guy, I says, can you call back to that racetrack? And he said, yeah. I said, you tell him I got a handicapped boy there. He'd be somewhere around there. People know who he is. I said, would you have him go to the office and have his sister come pick him up? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize I had a lot of friends there at the time. And then I blacked back out again. And then I, the last time I woke up, I asked that guy down at the end of me down there by my feet. I said, uh, this ain't got enough gas in it. <laughs> so then I started kind of coming around and got to the hospital. And, you know, they had me in intensive care for for a long time. I was in there for probably six, seven hours in intensive care. And they thought I had a collapsed lung, which I didn't. And behind my eye, was they thought was damaged, and I was going to have surgery on that. So a lot of testing and stuff to decide whether they were going to admit me to do surgery or what. Mm-hmm. Finally, I got I got released that next morning. And uh, then I went to my daughter's for a couple of days before I could kind of walk, you know. Then you're wondering what the car's looking oh, I went like. Out, yeah, I went out and looked at the car. And, you know, it was bent everywhere. So I knew it was a good ride, you know. And it just kind of progressed from there. But it's been a, it, it, it took a lot longer than when I thought, you know. Mm-hmm. I could still tow cars. I could still make money. But like I said earlier, you know, my friends and stuff all kind of helped me pull through it. Here I am. And it shows how important safety is. Yeah, 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 yeah. My car ain't the best, but it held up. I made it. <laughs> That's about all I'm going to say you, about you, that. You sitting in the car helped hold it together. <laughs> yeah, it must have been. It had to be something wrong. I, I, yeah, but it was bent and twisted. And the cage was collapsed, collapsed on the left side. And, you know, it was it was, it was, was a pretty good hit. Pretty good, massive hit, you know. But I'm just glad to be here and talk about it, I guess. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. A fond memory, and you'll hear about it again tonight. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, tonight will be. Oh, yeah. Then people were, you know, I've, I heard so many stories. That, I mean, the people was, a, you know, just regular people coming in to watch the race, and they packed the stands down there. People was just crying and getting up and leaving, and you know, because they thought they witnessed a fatality. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, you know. When they bring a the helicopter and it gets dead, it's fine. It, that's you know. right. I mean, you know. And when Frankie and, Dilsko passed away to Hartford and that helicopter came in, right. it's like, oh, God, right. you and know, it, this is not a good know, sign I here. Mean, I mean, you know. people don't, they, people go there to entertain themselves, you know, get a hot dog or popcorn or a pop or something, sit there and watch the races. I mean, they don't want to see what what I did. They don't want to mm-hmm. see that. That's the farthest thing from their mind. And then the blanket goes over the car. Yeah. You know, they, uh, when they see that. Uh, yeah, that's usually too, a fatality. Right? That's usually a fatality. Yeah, I'm, a, sure the, I'm sure the blanket wasn't too far away. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, but the worst part about it was, I guess, there's some people jumped up in the air and said, oh, there's no way. He's dead. He's gone. There's no way he can live through that. And it's, I haven't seen a video of it, but I know it's ugly. Mm-hmm. These people witnessed it, you know. And my poor boy, you know, Tommy, you know, he was... Yeah, he probably know. aged 20 years in that night. Oh, yeah, he's... Know, that going it's, on. it's affected him. It's affected mm-hmm. him, you know. And I, I don't... He still knows I'm going to race and, and, and stuff, but it's it took some years off. It really has, mm-hmm. you know. He, he, he asked Jeff, he's still trying to digest mm-hmm. it all. 
Right. You know, there's another wreck like that. It's just going to bring back flashbacks. We keep an eye on him pretty close. I always have. I've always mm-hmm. kept him around, keep an eye on him. So he's going to go with me tonight. You know, I didn't want him to go, but he's going to go tonight. So and they show it on a. They got a picture of. It. They got a video of it. So when they they get ready to show it on the video, I'm going to throw a twenty dollar bill on the floor in front of him. <laughs> Tommy, there's twenty bucks. Hopefully, I, I time it right where he gets yeah. the money and misses the whole it's, it's video. Misses the whole video. <laughs> All right. We're going to thank you guys for coming out here. We appreciate it. uh, Nice meeting you. You guys getting out of the house for the day and everything and talk some racing and going back multi-years in racing there because I'll say with you racing for the five decades, it was quite the accomplishment there. uh, Yeah. You know, and you still get to live to tell about it too. Yeah, well, the drag racing, you know, that was, you know, I didn't, I think, Tom, you started running what? When you were 16, 17, didn't you? 13, 14, 68, okay. 68. Yeah, I was drag racing in 67, 68. So, I, I mean, I went around and around around tracks at all until, until 73. So, a guy like Tom's got, he's got a lot more old track running than I got. Yeah, for sure there. So, we're going to get him later on and drill him okay. on some stuff, too. Because I think right. he got married the day he raced, if I remember right. <laughs> they yeah. said he got married, and now he's racing that night. And I think Shirley raced that night, too, with the 232 car, if I my memory serves me right with that 57 yeah, memory, doesn't you, Jerry? Oh, I can remember stuff 50 years ago, what I did yesterday. I had another question yeah. there. <laughs> well, so. I got a pretty good memory, too, but the short memory was, you know, I think part of it's left out on Gas City Racetrack. <laughs> I know my glasses are there. <laughs> Maybe they might have them for you tonight now. Yeah. that be bent yeah. up and twisted. But. Yeah. They were embedded right in my face. They were embedded right. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Well, wish you a safe trip down there, and uh, thank, you, thank you for making out here, too. Yep. And, uh, we'll see you guys thank in a you. few months, and uh, racing somewhere between thank here and there. Thanks thanks, thanks again for what you do, Ron. Thank, thank you. you. Ron, may I say something? No. <laughs> I want to speak on behalf of Chris and, and Ron, and I want to salute you and honor you for using the ability God gave you to make a dream in Tom's life come true. Oh, thank you. We thank appreciate you. that. Thank you. Thank you. We don't forget that. Thanks, I appreciate that. And the neighbors appreciate, appreciate it because that. he leaves at 2 in the afternoon <laughs> after 4 in the morning. So they can have a party and park in his yard and they won't even know about thank it. You. Yeah. I appreciate that. That is special. All right. Well, thank, thank you very much, guys. Yep. Thank you. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay, I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. What a cool deal, because that's like, say, the pro track tire. I mean, that kind of saved stock car racing, because the the slicks were just, the car counts were getting killed with the late models. In South Bend, Fort Wayne, Angola, and Kalamazoo, Louisville, Chicago, Rockford, Wisconsin, all had that same rules. And when you would race those sportsman races, you'd have Wayne Lensing, right? And Kirsten would come down from Wisconsin, and that Donna Zock, which come from Chicago, and we'd have your South Bend guys that would roll in there with Dunkey right. and you know Malucky, Tromboli, Blunt, Blunts, and uh, you know Fort Wayne had a plethora of cars. Yeah, a lot of guys from Louisville would come up. Yeah, that was neat seeing those guys because yeah. they had that little different body, the Ventura bodies yeah. and the yeah. Glenn Ullman and uh, yeah. the the 05 car Metters. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and 
and you know, and in those races, competitive. Yeah. And yeah, they were. Know, and that was like a great series. It was a good feeder series. I mean, we always, you know, they had races on their own. I remember they, I remember they had an IRP. They had a triple 33s or something on yeah. July 4th and went down there for that. It's like, that's a really good show. Yeah, they even put on a series down there. Uh, Budweiser sponsored it. It was a special series, like a five-race series that we ran down there with that car. I think we, we might have won that series. We won three out of five races. So. And then the Grand Marquis series is to talk about that. And then they brought the Grand Marks in, and then the sportsmen just like, okay, we don't need you guys anymore. Right. And then the Grand Marks kind of, and then there were like 12, 14 cars. Yeah. First couple races was like a celebrity race. And then you finally were getting guys to start buying cars. I know we had, you know, we had about seven cars up at South Bend that Stutzman had one, Scott Kaiser had one, Jimerson, a couple other guys, Doug True, Dave True, and you know, a couple guys in Fort Wayne got them. But the, the series never really took. It was never more than about sixteen cars for any race. Right. And they were different. Like the first real template series that you really were right. looking at, yep. and they weren't good anywhere else. They couldn't, they right. couldn't race with anything else around. No, no they and, wasn't. Uh, it wasn't compatible with the weekly late model show or anything. And so. then you know, that kind of went by the wayside there. But then I say you went into the super lates. Remember, Toledo had a big race, and Rayburn shows up with the dirt car with the wing plexiglass, and that was at that time because if you followed Speedrome. They were racing up the comp late models, and those guys were just going crazy with the spoilers. Yeah. And we had some outlaw bodies up our way, maybe a lieutenant spoiler, the sideboards, but these guys were really going right. extreme. And I remember I went down there because I was in Fort Wayne at that time, went down to Speed Drum, like, oh, God, look at these cars are just wild looking. <laughs> and Rayburn goes to Toledo, blisters the track record. People are like, who's this nutcase? You know? And they were booing, and they didn't like him from the get go because he was an outsider, a guy on board. He wasn't. You know, and you were over there, I think. And, uh, but, you know, he said his car was good by itself, but when it was in traffic, it, it got kind of twitchy with the, all the... He brought that car motors. down to Anderson at one of them open comp shows. And, <laughs> and he, it was so funny because he'd be out there and he'd go into the corner and he'd drop down on the flat and then shoot back up on the straightaways. And everybody else was, you know, running the track like you run the track. And, course he you know within 15 20 laps he'd burn up his right rear tire every time I'll just never forget that he just dropped down on the flat in the corners at anderson and now they had some other guys that would try to run that ray beret was another one that showed up and some success st john he'd have some success yeah. but well you put rayburn out or uh, tj out there yeah and it's like my god and then you know then larry zent kind of basically kind of took over the sure. outlaw the open comp uh, deal, maybe not so much with the cyborgs and the, right. the, the, the convertible look, but right. you know he was doing some open comp shows, and it's like mm -hmm. my god. But uh, you know, kind of going back to the eighties and stuff with the racing, you know, Fort Wayne, some big shows. We're talking about Bill Mitchell doing right. some promotions, and he had that Summit series. Mm -hmm. It was like a radio station series for some races, and you guys were involved in that. And, nice fields of cars, yeah. you know, and they had just Yates in that mix and Mike Klein, right. Uh, the Coles Joe were Wallace. in there, Wallace, yeah. you were in there, and it was like, yeah. man, this is like an all-star field. Moyer. Yeah, Moyer was yeah. another one. Yep. You know, kind of the first yeah. and close hauler I've ever seen <laughs> when he had that deal he brought to South Bend, and he could barely pull it through the pit gate, and then he turned <laughs> hard. He had to park it on the end because he couldn't swing it yeah. around right. There you and, go. You know, they're moving hauler, another hauler out of the way so we can get in there to fit and uh, stuff there, but... Uh, you know, just great, great traditions there at Fort Wayne and, you know, the half mile. Like sometimes we're talking about Jimmy, sometimes the rules, they were having some different ownerships and they were having some different 
how the rules should be. So then sometimes cars would get obsolete, and then you'd have well, to, it's just, you know. That's the way racing evolves. You know, you know late models, and then, yeah, okay, we're dropping the lights. We're going to go to a semi-late class. Race is always his worst enemy because he wants to do what's best for him, and in the long run, it's always not the best. So Exactly right there. And it was kind of cool, too. I mean, Moose was in that zero car forever. And sometimes when you were racing, they don't, fans didn't take you so well because they were like, oh, he's got it all made and everything. You know, Moose was the good guy. And, you know, Moose I'm was sure a good guy. was and, a little more aggressive. And, uh, <laughs> and there's a couple of times he'd get out of the car, he'd win a race, and they would be booing you and he'd wave. And yep. they would even fuel more fire to the people like, yep. well, he's like, he's trying to show us up, you know. Like, he guy wouldn't race, you know, give him a chance. But um, just uh, neat footsteps to follow in because, I mean, the Moose was just – amazing just all the different stuff with, with what your dad did the things, traveling the things and stuff, you could know? do in a car that you know i mean i even talked about when i was racing we didn't have power steering we didn't have cool suits we didn't have none of that stuff and you know moose me driving around on 17 inch slicks <laughs> with no power steering is just you know that's a man right there it's amazing when looking at those cars back then and the wheels sticking out he talked yeah. about one getting up into hitting the flat light pole and everything and i mean those tires were sticking out that far oh yeah and he talked about a show at new bremen and i had some pictures that i got that the cars were going into the corner and every almost every car had wheels sticking out I was like look at these damn things you know just amazing what they were back in the day and it was you know talking to him too was so cool you could race that car at Fairfield on a Friday night show, race the Red Bud 300 or 400 the yep. following night, and then the following week he could race another track. Right. And it was all the same car. Yep. Nothing changed. And yep. how that was set up is just like almost too simple. Yeah. And now you look at some different traveling series, and mm -hmm. this car is not legal to do this. And, right. You know, at the CRA, they're only good for the CRA series, yep. and they can't go to anything else other than a CRA, or they're at a dis extreme disadvantage or right. – you know, and uh, yeah, it just kind of makes it tough to, you know, make it work. And then, you know, kind of like talking about CRA. And at first it was at Central Indiana guys. And he had some guys scattered around. Ross was another one that was just, you know, with that, with that yeah. template. He, after that Hooters series, he was just one of the toughest ones to beat. Right. And whenever you did that 400 weekends, you could, would almost know by the open trailer and who was going to be there. You almost knew the entry list in your head. Yeah. And then became the, the NASCAR guys were getting involved right. in teams, and they were bringing these drivers in. Yeah. It was cool to bring a kid in from sure. Arizona, but sure. who was his name? Noah Gadsden. Yeah. Or he's got, this kid's coming in from, you know, Florida. What's his name? And he's like, I never heard of the guy. Yeah. And you look, and then they're in the pits, and it's like, okay, maybe this kid knows. Okay, do you know yeah. where Noah's at? Oh, I'm Noah. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. You know, and it's like the kid lives each 14 or 15 yeah, years old. Yeah, they are kids. And it yeah. makes it tough when you go to that 400 show that, you know, the entry list because, you know, there's only so many guys following that series that you right. really know, and then there's other drivers that are popping, you know. Well, they just pop in and out and, so quick because they get, you know, they're development drivers and they're putting them in trucks or they're putting them in, you know, Xfinity or something. They're just – it's crazy. Arca just – you know, yeah, they're in and out so fast that you, just, you can't keep keep track of who's in what car. You always read about like when Bob Strait raced Arca. You know, the first couple races he did so well, and I'm thinking, I got he raced, you know, ASA for years. He should be pretty good. And then they have other kids, and then there's other drivers in there, and it's like, man, I just, I just don't know where they're from, or right. there's really heard of them, and they're, you know, this is, you know, 300th race or something yeah. you know, on TV, and yeah. thinking, wow, you know, but. Uh, Kind of like that's just the way racing is now. It's more yep. about the buyer ride stuff, and yep. not you know back in the day it was just like you, you you went through the ranks and 
and did that. Now, when you were racing, was there any favorite drivers you always like? Yeah, this guy's gonna be the one to beat this track or this guy here. I mean, when he, I know when he went to New Paris, he always had Skiles and you know Denny and them and Plymouth and that. And you I, know, I never. I mean, just like just like today, there's there's guys that go out there and race just to race, and they're they're field fillers. Mm-hmm. And I've always told my wife I could never do that because mm-hmm. I always went to every track with the mentality that I've got a car to win. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, on occasion, there might be somebody like going to New Paris. I might talk to Denny and talk to him to see if there's anything I can learn, or mm-hmm. I would go up in the stands and watch him practice. Uh, sometimes with Arca, we would run dirt shows, the mild dirts, and they bring in, you know, there'd be guys coming like Dean Roper and things, mm-hmm. and you'd watch the dirt guys. and try to learn from them but most of the time we just we had it set how we was going to do and and just go at it at our own mm-hmm. like i said I, I rode with moose so many laps before <laughs> i ever started driving i've watched his feet so many times that you know i i tried to try to model myself after the way he drove <laughs> kind of a neat deal and it was cool with your dad being the owner you know right. with moose and then yourself i mean that just you know, so we're talking about the enclosure, the, uh, the, the rollback hauler with the car one in the back, yep. paint scheme matched the car. Yep. And I was just cool how to go about that because, you know, that, that hauler always would stand out right. and uh, just to see it roll in. And, you know, and I remember even, I remember we had a, a show at Fort Wayne. And that's when your dad first started showing signs of dementia, I think it was. He came over and looked at the photo books and then he got lost going back. Because okay. I remember everybody was looking for him at that okay. time. And I remember, I don't think it was you that came back there and said, hey, have you seen my, you know, seen, seen Jimmy? And I'm like, he was just here a little bit ago, look at the photo books. And then he went, and he's overlooking the photo books. And he hadn't looked at them, I think, for some time. And he's, oh, my God. And he had a story with every almost every car. Yeah. And this, well, that's this guy. That's this guy. Yeah. And Carl was with me. And he goes, who is that guy? He knows everybody. I said, Jimmy Stolwall. And he goes, I said, Scott's dad, you know. And, uh. He goes, oh, really? Okay. You know, that makes sense. You know, and I yep. said, Moose Myers is zero. And I said, he was a car owner. And he goes, that's why he knows these guys so well. Oh, yeah. And uh, so he was, you know, really got a kick out of that. But uh, it uh, racing is so different now than what it was back in the day. And I remember you like you were up there at Angola, race director and stuff, and trying to get guys to go in their spots. And, right. you know, it's you're almost like, God, is this worth it or not? You right. know, because it's right. like they right. want to argue over one spot or yeah. something. And yeah. I'm, I know I was ahead of that guy. And then they go back and they don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Then they want to argue even after the race and come back and tell you how wrong you was. So then you got to back up the tape and show them the tape. And then, it, you know, oh, well, I guess I guess you was right. <laughs> yeah. You know. We even have arguments on about a photo sometimes on the photo books or so. I'll post a picture. That's so-and-so in that car. I'm like, I got it in alphabetic order from when I did it, right. and this is the name I had, you know. Yep. Well, I think so-and-so was in it back then. I said, if it's really that big a deal, you know. So then I go back and I look in the books. I'm like, you know, sure, I wrote it down. I, I can't see messing that up. As, as and, being uh, a race director, Ron, it could have been somebody else in that car because <laughs> – a lot of times you don't get told that they swap drivers. Yeah, yeah, there goes that. Yeah, the other ones have so, to take the tail and yeah, everything else, yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh, and uh, race is over and so and so gets out of the car. Well, that's not who we was told was in the car. <laughs> <laughs> or, well, if he's in the race, he's, he's at the fence right now. What's, what's going on here? 
Now, when you all the tracks you race at, any favorite tracks? Uh, I, I would really have to say my favorite track of all has always been Winchester. Mm-hmm. Just always has, probably always will be. I mean, I like the super speedways. I really liked Atlanta before they changed the configuration of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I would say Winchester has always been my favorite track. And racing right against the wall. And, yep. you know, it's the closer you can get to the wall. They yep. always said the, 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 the not as hard as you'll hit it, you yep. know. But uh, less damage and won't hurt as bad. An incredible <laughs> wreck. So my moose was someone with that fire. And we had, I think he had it in 73 or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Turn three and four. I was there for that. And you think, as soon as you see a fire there with the banking, oh, my God, the guy's going to get killed, you know. And then the Baker wreck and the Dylan and wreck and the Larry Moore. And it was like, man, that track is some yeah, some wicked. Well, you I know. ended up on top of Dave Jensen that one year in the 400. Got hit from behind by Bobby Tinkham and shot me into the right side door of Dave Jensen. We was right on the front stretch, and I was <laughs> halfway up his car. <laughs> And those kind of races there, I mean, you know, like a 30-lap race, you'll, you can pretty much be okay, ready to go. But then with a 400, yep. it's almost like that drive from, like, say, maybe even Fort Wayne to Louisville on 69. It's like, man, you just got to sit and just hang on pace and then pace yourself. Because, yep. I mean, yeah, it's like yourself. for me, from Indianapolis to South Bend, it's that 31 drive. It's like, yeah. oh, my God. You know, there's very few turns. You got to pace yourself and, and just remember there's only one lap to pace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> last last lap there. But, uh it was always good watching the race, and you know, I say that see Fort Wayne in its heyday, and you know the demise, you know what happened there, and just. Uh, but you're still involved with racing. I remember you're working CRA in the working, pits at Winchester there. Working CRA you know? part time, and I'm working with ARCA part time. So, yep, stay involved. And you always like say it's good to have somebody that knows something about racing involved. Because you can don't know about that, but but you, you know some terminology <laughs> and you know what you know some stuff to look for because they bring somebody off the street doing that. Yeah, you know, and their first thing out of their mouth is we got to be there at eight in the morning and it's, we're leaving at midnight. Yeah, it's been four or five years ago. <laughs> we was at Salem for a race, an ARCA race. And after the race was over, we talked to Ron Drager, and the wife mentioned to him, "Well, do you ever need any help?" And he said, "Oh, sure, we always need help." <laughs> He looked right at me and he said, and you're just the kind of guy we need. So <laughs> like, oh from that day on, <laughs> we've been helping them out. And I'll say there's some long days at the racetrack oh. being official. I know when we go to Winchester and set up, we're there at eight in the morning. And then if we pull out of there before midnight, you know, it's like, man, right. we can get out at before, before 11. We can get that pizza there at Winchester. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, then the time you're leaving, it's like, is there any place open? Well, Waffle House, yeah. you know, maybe off yeah. of Clearfield, but. Or Plainfield, and that's really about it before you get to the motel. And it's like, well, so much for that. And then, yeah. then you get home, and it's like, you're still wanting to wind down. It's like, damn, it's 2.30. We got to be yeah. back up at 7. You know, so then you're, yeah. But uh, it's all worth it, though. Yep, you know, absolutely. Good, good scenes, absolutely. you know, familiar faces. And, mm-hmm. you know, even some of the old-time drivers still, you know, giving it a go. Or yep. at least they're in the crew chief yep. part of it or, you know, still spectating. And, uh you know, I say it's always good to get a show like this because you never know when's your last time to see some of these right. old timers and exactly that. Right. It, uh, I got with then Eddie got with uh, doing this show here, and I said, man, we will set it up in March or something. I had that COVID for a while, and it kind of didn't do me any favors there, and slowed me down for a bit. And I told Eddie, I said, let's get one set up before race season goes. And nice facility. I mean, I was talking about doing it over there in the bar area. And I said, you couldn't even see these photos if we yeah. did it over there and stuff and that. But uh, no, it's a nice yeah. setup. And turned out real good. Yeah, so just get to see to grow bigger and bigger. And I remember those shows he was doing over at Waynedale mm-hmm. years ago. And my God, there'd be 60, 70 people there. And 
they had all that food set out. Yeah. You know, I remember that one time we were there and I had those photo books and photos set out. And they had some kid come up there and he had a hold of some photos and they were from like Mark Times invited Fort Wayne. They were like like three and a half by fives. They had a couple boxes and photos always curl up if you set them out. Right. They might lay flat, but as soon as you set them out, they're going to start curling up. This is the way it is. And uh, we're sitting there and Carl's like, who's that guy? I go, I have no clue. And so then I said, man, look, he's got a lot of loose photos. I said, I want to go check him out. So he, had these, he was laying these photos out like he was playing cards, laying them out. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the Mark Times invitation. And he goes, what? And I said, this was like a Mark Times invite in 73. There's Dietrich's, there's Trickle, there's Refner. And I said, you want to, if you want to sell any of these, let me know. You know, and he goes, oh, no, this is, I got these uh, from the basement. And I got these out for the, my mom picked these up somewhere in that. And I said, okay. So I'm looking at them until Carl said, man, you need to get over here. Look at these photos. There's some Fort Wayne, there's a Villa shots. And the pictures, then they started curling up. Yeah. And the kid's like, oh, my God, they're going to get, these are, these are getting ruined. I'm like, what do you mean? He says, they're curling. I'm like, well, they're going to curl anyways. He goes, I, I got, I he packed them all up, and like 10, 20 minutes later, he was already out the door and gone, you know. And Carl was like, what's the guy doing? Is he leaving? I'm like, he saw them curling up, and he didn't understand what was right. going on, and right. he packed them up, and they're gone. Carl's like, did you get his name? I said, hell, I didn't know. I, said, I was lucky to get a look at him, you know, yeah. what he did, and yeah. up and gone. You know, and Eddie's like, what happened to that guy? Did he get mad or something? I would go, he brought pictures. They curled up. Panic. He packed them and left, you know. And I'm like, oh, I said, he probably had 300 great photos there, you know, mm. but. This way it goes, but you know it's always good to save this the history and you know like the old memorabilia and that because so many yep. people just they might have been part of it but never really saved anything or right. never saved a photo and yep. you know and all you can go by is those stories but if you get some stuff in literature and right. printouts and stuff and something to look at and you know it's, it's good to get these guys out of the house again because you yeah. never like I say you never know when it's the last time you're able to you're right. get them to do that stuff. But uh, thank you for coming out. All right. Appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll be seeing you somewhere between here you and there. Sure we, we, uh, we bounce around enough. All right. All right. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you. All right, Mike. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch snuggling, ball chasing, face licking, and of course, companionship. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive, and now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance will come in with this group. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. You have been listening to Racing Memories with Ron Verish. Join us soon for another season to podcast episode as we prepare for racing season 2024. Follow Ron's posts and insight on Michiana Community News via Facebook. Until next time, see you at the track.